Welcome to the Hue You Know podcast, where we discuss all things relative to media and entertainment, all designed to support our career growth. From networking to breaking in the industry to climbing up the ranks, whether you're a newbie in this industry or a vet, this podcast is for you. My name is Shirley Renee Williams, and I'm your host, EP Director Extraordinaire, and today's guest are my buddies, are my friends, Miss Jashika and Janika James. I call them Nika and Shika because these are my these are my friends. Uh, Nika and Shika have had an ongoing love affair with film and television since childhood, but they rose through the ranks in television from staff writers on shows like Desperate Housewives and Dexter to supervising producers on groundbreaking shows like Empire. Currently, they are serving as co-executive producers on HBO's Max Gossip Girls and are developing many other projects. As if they are not already doing the most, they wrote a book called Living Double, How Identical Twins Unlock the Door to Success in Hollywood. And we're going to get into that. Welcome, Shika. Welcome, Nika. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Thank you for saying yes. I know y'all are so, 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 so busy. So this hour that I get with y'all, I'm so grateful for. Yeah. (laughs) We're so happy to be here. We're very happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you. How have y'all been? We have been good. We have been hot. It has been very hot up in here. But but really good and busy, um, you know, overall, professionally and personally. Um, my sister, Jashika, uh, we just celebrated her baby's first birthday last week. So that's been really exciting. Um, and I uh, moved into a new home right after she had her baby. I bought my baby. <laughs> so it's been a, a, a pretty, pretty fun and exciting year as we transition into new phases. Personally, of adulthood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nika, that's the way to do it. When your sister has a baby, you just like get real close, move nearby, and then you become super auntie. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so when, when you said busy, wait, is that a puppy? Yeah, yes. he just hopped on. He loves to do this in the middle of interview. So please excuse us. I'm so sorry. So sorry. What's his name? This is Miles Davis. Davis? Miles Davis. Miles Davis, I love that. How old is Miles? Too old to be jumping on my lap in the middle of an interview. So we're just going to put him right here. <laughs> he's, he's like nine. He's nine. Yeah, he's nine. <laughs> is that like a family dog or Nika, that's like your dog? We share him. We share, we share him. custody. So sometimes he's at my house. Sometimes he's at she, the main house. But, but Nika has full time custody right now. Full custody right now. Because we waiting on the baby to get acclimated <laughs> and not try to grab him and hurt him all the time. <laughs> oh, well, prayers for Miles that he don't get hurt. Uh, what else do y'all share? Like, did y'all grow up sharing everything? Were y'all that set of twins? We were. We were. We had to share our first car. Uh, too much. Yeah. We uh, we used to share apartments all the time. Right. Until she decided to get married and have a baby, you know, adulting. Um, um, what else? Uh, we used to share, we share, rooms, share rooms growing up. We still share clothes. That's yeah. probably a problem, but <laughs> still figuring that out. But yeah, a little too much, you know, but you know, so goes the way of twins, you know? 
Did y'all share career goals when y'all were younger? We did. We did. I was the first one to kind of get into um, writing for TV or just in TV in general. Just that my, my interest was sparked by television um, from school. school. Yeah. yeah. So what we'll say is we always had a love and affinity for TV yeah. growing up, right? Um, we we're military brats. So we, you know, spent the earlier years of our life in Germany for about four years. And we, because we had each other, we didn't necessarily like to play with other people or meet other kids or make friends. We didn't have to make friends because we had each other. And all we like to do, as opposed to going outside to play with the other little children, watch we like to sit TV. and watch TV. So that I think is where our love and affection, you know, for just TV in general just came about, um, which, you know, my mom had concerns, you know, in the earlier days. Now she realizes that it has paid off completely. So it's fine. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, um, so kind of, you know, you know, you know, as we were growing up and, you know, going through high school, we learned, you know, about, you know, that you we, were reading, actually... we were reading an essence because we loved, we grew up, we were raised on soaps, first and foremost. That's mm-hmm. what we were not going outside to play for because we were busy watching soap operas. Thanks, thanks our, to our grandmother. Our grandmother got us hooked. My grandma too. Which one did y'all watch? Well, too all many, all, all of them. them. I mean, all Young, the ABC shows. Young and the Restless, General Hospital, One Life to Live, Days of Our Lives. All My all Children, my children yeah. was my grandma's one, so that's what I was up. Did y'all watch Passions? Girl, yes. yes. We watched Passions. Passions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like, it kills me right now that there are not, there are only like three soap operas on TV yes. right now. I mean, it's. Literally, I mean, Days of Our Lives is moving to Peacock streaming. So it's only going to be three soaps on network TV, four in total that are still alive. It's wild. Oh, yeah. my gosh. What a long thing, John. So we were always into TV in that way. And then I remember in high school, um, we read an Essence magazine um, a- article about Yvette Lee Bowser being the first Black woman to create and run her own TV show with Living Single, which we were huge fans of. And it was cool because, you know, we got to see, you know, Black women, all different shapes, sizes, and colors. You know what I'm saying? Like different personalities. Different personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm. just being completely represented in their, you know, in their totality in different ways. And I was just like, oh man, you could be the person that's responsible for the words coming out of these women's mouths. <laughs> okay. Mm, like yeah. we always thought that being involved in TV as a career meant that you had to be on TV and not necessarily know that there was so much opportunity behind the scenes. So it was just really cool. Seeing somebody who looked like us, you know, being responsible for this thing that we just absolutely adore growing up. And it, I think seeing that planted a seed in our heads of what was possible, right? Like, mm-hmm. we just were like, oh, this is cool. Like, okay, like, we maybe we want to do this one day. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so then um, when we got to college, we ended up taking a trip to um, go see... The a taping of Dawson's Creek because we were Dawson's Creek. The fans. filming, the filming, the filming of Dawson's Creek. We went to the set. I was obsessed with Dawson's Creek since high school. Was like video recording it in uh, my college dorm. <laughs> so as soon as we turned eighteen, we took spring break to go spend a week out in Wilmington because I was that dork who was on message boards and finding out that like as a fan you could go up and like become an extra and things like that. So. We put on the twin, like we hadn't dressed alike since we were five, but we totally like dressed up like twins, had twin hairstyles so we could go up there and be, you know, plucked into, you know, you know, playing extras on the show and ended up spending, spending a week out there and working for a couple of days. And 
again, you know, like she said, you know, seeing Yvette kind of planted a seed in our head about what was possible, but then actually like being on a set that of a show that was filming in another city for away from the writers who were writing the show in Los Angeles, we didn't realize at the time that was another seed being planted in our heads of what could be possible, you know, for us, you know, in our careers. Um, and it was cool. You know what I mean? And, and I, I remember my sister, but you asked us initially, like, did we always share like our career goals? She was the first person who like, even in high school, she did a TV production course and she was the person doing the morning news and things like that. So she had already had that experience. When she yeah. joined me at the University of Florida, two years after I started, she came in with TV production as a major. I had set my sights on becoming an orthodontist because for some reason, I just wanted to be up in everybody's mouth. Don't ask me why. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when she, but when she, when she came in, you know, as, you know, studying, you know, she's like, I'm doing TV production. I'm in, in the J school, you know, learning all this, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, well, I love TV too. I don't want to be taking these classes anymore. You know, even though I was doing really good at it, I was so good. I became a Bill Gates scholar. I always tell people that, like I was a straight A student in college, but um wow. my love and affection and affinity for television just totally like just you know it superseded all of that so i ended up for the first time ever following my sister because i am the firstborn i'm an hour older than her <laughs> so but this time in terms of changing majors i decided to actually follow her footsteps. she followed me <laughs> and then you know we decided to you know uh major in um tv production, um, TV production telecommunications business and production so that when we got out of school, you know, we would be on our way, you know, trying to figure out, you know, navigate this career field. So, um, and that was, you know, the beginning essentially of a long, long, John. long, long work. So why writing? Why'd you choose writing? Why writing? Um, you know, it's interesting because when I first came out to LA, I thought I wanted to be a producer. And I think we always had a passion for writing. We just didn't know how to get there. I always specifically had a passion for writing. I was that person in Florida, like when you're in school, they used to do this thing called Florida Writes, where you were graded on how well you were able to write, like a like either a story or just an essay. You know what I'm saying? And they graded you on a scale of one to six. And it, you'd have to do, I think, like in third grade and sixth grade in eighth grade and 10th grade, it was like, you know, they're literally seeing how like, you know, your comprehensive skills, how your writing ability, things like that. And I would always rate a six on, on, on Florida rights all the time. So writing was like my wow. thing. I used to write short stories and things like that. So for me, again, like I, I, I started writing when I was younger, you know what I mean? Stories, you know, like I, I would write these stories, um, these little mini books when I was a kid. Then also, then I, um, it transferred into poetry, but you know, I, I always, I, I enjoy the art of storytelling, right? Like I love, love, we love being able to tell a story, but in the ways like that there are little different nuances and things that you learn about characters. I think at first, initially we started off writing comedy and the reason why I'll tell you is because we thought, oh, it's only 30 pages. <laughs> easy. Yeah. We were yeah. wrong. It's not, it's not easy. You have to, you, in those 30 pages, you have to be able to quickly engage an audience. And tell a complete story. Tell a complete story, but also, you know, identify who this character is in 30 pages. 
kudos to everybody who is in the comedy room right now. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, and be funny hard. all day and every funny. Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Comedy is fun. It is funny. It is hard though if you don't know how to like you know shoot jokes you know at all corners and keep them keep, keep them going. I love comedy writers though. I admire them so much. <laughs> but in drama, there's an opportunity to uh, there's there's room to kind of like get there with you know what I'm saying and identifying who this character is and the amount of time you you, you just a lot more room and more space mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, I think we just enjoy the art of storytelling and sharing stories. You know, like I said, we grew up on soaps, so we were hooked. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every day, how they are able to like hook you into wanting to see what's going to happen next. And they're next. so and, good at it. Like I mean, on a daily basis, literally pulling people into like fast, you know, action and story and emotion, and then every day, like ending on a cliffhanger that pulls you back in the next day, like because yeah. you're so excited, yeah. eager. It's such an art form that I think is so not respected as much as it should be because it's, it's completely captivating and compelling you know what i mean and not everybody is actually able to do that you know when it comes to you know the art of storytelling for me writing i'm gonna say this it's gonna be really funny i'm sorry guys like it really is the control <laughs> honestly of the writing and it's and here's the thing you'll come into this business and everybody will say different people have control you know what i'm saying the network the studio the director the actor you know what i'm saying everybody feels like they have some sort of control but at the end of the day to me what's on the page is pay, putting it on the page is a power because with the blank page you can't build nobody would have anything to work with or work for without or exactly or be attracted to or want to take part in without what is literally on the page the yeah. storytelling to me is the greatest power and i just i there's nothing more um impactful i think to me as a creative than seeing the words yeah. that you wrote like that were in your little head that ended up on the page in somebody's mouth and it's on tv being broadcast to millions of people across the world it is so powerful to me that your words can like impact, you know, such a, a wide audience. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's the biggest thing for me. It, it feels good every single time. I can tell you, it does not get old. It's like so exciting. Is the writer's room exciting? What's what's a writer's room like? Like bring me in into a writer's room. The writer's room is, is so many things. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's a family. It's sacred. Um, <laughs> you know, it can be a fight. <laughs> be you know what i'm saying Famous like, fight? yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's collaboration it's us like basically daydreaming all day without hesitation and without just, limitation without limitation and like just spitballing you know what i'm saying and like figuring out what's going to work but it's really we get excited because you think about you really get the opportunity especially when you first come in to like really just say okay this is what i want to see this is what i want to see this character achieve this is what i want to yeah. see them do you know what I mean? And, and you're playing, you know what I mean? Like you get to, you share your experiences. Every writer's sharing their own experiences because that's how we're able to, you know, drop some ideas mm-hmm. on what we would like to see the characters do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get invested. So yeah, it's really very fun. much so, very much so. You get to dream. I mean, I'm just literally hitting everything she just said. We get to dream and play all day and then watch what you're able to dream about literally come to life every yeah. day. There's something that's like really sacred and special about um, being a creator, you know, in that way. Like, I don't think a lot of people get the opportunity, literally what's in your brain, you know, you get to put it on the page and watch it literally come to life. And I, 
I don't, don't take that lightly. You know what I'm saying? What we do lightly. Cause it's, it's a really powerful thing. Yeah. If you really think about it, you know, what's been one of y'all's favorite writers room. True story. True story. Our true story <laughs> by far, by far our true story room. Shout out, to the, shout out to the True Story Writers Room. True Story, for anybody who doesn't know, is a Netflix series. It's a um, with starring shout Kevin, out to Charles Murray. Shout out to Charles Murray, starring um, Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes. And True Story was a room that was was a show that was show ran by um, Charles Murray, who's an incredible writer. If you don't know him, look up his IMDb. Writer, credits. director, producer, yes, extraordinaire. He is incredible. But it was our favorite writers room because. I think it was the first time that I have been in a room where it was like, you know, there's a lot that goes on in writers' rooms. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of ideas. Sometimes when you're creating, there's a lot of politics you have to deal with in terms of like dealing with the studio and the network and the platforms and what's going on in the world to actually get a show done. Um, working with Charles was incredible because he was very clear from the beginning what the show was his vision for the show. And we got to go in and play every single day. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't chaotic. It wasn't um, difficult because when you have a showrunner who has no problem making decisions, who's decisive, but also has a vision and is very clear what that vision is, it helps to empower the room um, to get to push that vision forward. You know I, what I mean? I would like to offer that too, that because Charles was open and flexible, but also allowed the process mm -hmm to occur right like when, trust when you, it when you trust when it. you trust the process yeah. you're not in a rush you know it's gonna come you know you got a good team of um uh individual you know uh writers you know what i'm saying who are working with you you trust the process you trust them like it was seamless and so it was the best experiences that we had we love you know what i'm saying yeah. um all of you know our other saying, rooms, our other rooms you know like but this one in particular was special because it was like it was our first streamer yeah um it was cut short because of covid um but like like we had fun our hours were short it was like oh yeah you come into work yeah like you don't have to slave for like 10 to 15 hours to tell to write and tell stories when you trust when you kind of surrender in that way to allow the process to come forward like it happens, you know? And so it was a great learning experience. Like I always tell people empire is where I grew up in the room, which was great because we were able to like literally from the beginning of the show to the end, grow up as, you know, writers and producers and, you know, you know, liaisons and casting and music supervising, things like that. Like we got to do a lot. Um, but that show in particular was really special because of, um, I think, Again, a, a seed has been planted, you know, in our heads from watching somebody like Charles as a leader and what he inspired in us and how I want to eventually work as a showrunner for other people. You know, I think a lot of times in this business, unfortunately, there's like, we're telling you guys about the exciting part of it, the dreaming side, the creating side. There, it, there's also a lot of like crushed dreams and... <laughs> And navigating, you know, what navigating I'm politics, some politics and some dark spaces that you have to deal with. And um, it was just it was it was it was really nice to see that it you don't have to make this experience a hard or difficult one for the creatives who are like us who want to dream yeah. and want to play and want to bring things wow, to life. That is so dope. I don't even know Charles and I love him now. Shout out to Charles. <laughs> you'll meet Charles. You'll meet Charles. You'll, you'll meet love him. him. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Well, I have two questions. I'm gonna start with this one. 
who is present in the writer's room? There's writers and who else? Um, It's the writers and the showrunner. It's the writers, the showrunner, the, the writer's, writer's assistants. assistants. Yeah, 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 yeah. It pretty much is just that sacred group, you know. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, I think depending on like, you know, when you're getting ready to go into production, you'll meet your cast, you'll have them come in. You know, one of the things we used to always do on Empire is as, as soon as we had, you know, our season pitched together for how we plan to let the season, you know, you break the season, break the stories of the season. And it was approved. It was approved by the studio network. network. We would call the actors in, you know, one by one so they could come in and get some FaceTime with them, but also tell them here are some of the areas that we're thinking about going in for your character this season, just so that they can have an idea of like where they're headed, what's going to be at stake for them. And, you know, and also feel really good about it. And again, it was a collab. It's a, it's always a collaboration, right? Mm -hmm. So not only will we tell them our plans um, that we had for their story for the season, but we've also asked them what are some things that they wanted like to see, to see their characters experience, you know what I mean? So that we could consider that as well. Again, another great way to, and like, like she said, because it's a collaboration, you want to empower everybody who, is coming, you know, you know, to become a piece of this, you know, um, to be a part of, you know, your vision. I think that's the biggest thing is to understand that a collaboration is in process so that nobody feels like they're they, not being heard. They're not being heard or not being seen. Cause nobody likes to feel that way. So like why would we want to ever make anybody feel that way? You know what I mean? And not invite them into this process versus pushing them out for full control of it, you know? For sure. So you guys have been writers, producers, supervising producers. What, like, I know what that means in the world of unscripted, which is very different, separate and apart, a producer from a writer. Like, what is the trajectory to showrunner? And how did you guys evolve from writers to now, like, co-executive producers? First, you start off as a staff writer then this story editor, then this executive story editor, then it's co-producer, 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 then producer, producer, supervising producer, co-executive producer, producer, then executive producer, producer, which is executive producer showrunner, basically. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you create and run the show. And it's, it's very different. I mean, I think the best thing that I can tell people is it's just titles, you know? I mean, ah. to be quite honest, we're still writing. We're still writing. As a staff writer, as a, and here's the thing, it's the hierarchy. I mean, depending on what room you're in, you either are in rooms that adhere to the hierarchy or in rooms that are like, whatever, everybody here has a brain and is creative and is coming to the table and has yeah. a lot to offer. And we've always, the blessing that we've had is we've been in rooms that haven't really had hierarchies. I think what was great about Empire is that everybody was, like the writer's assistants could pitch okay. just as much as the co-EPs, you know what I'm saying? Because that's how a good idea is a good, a good idea. idea. That's a good idea. Where it comes from, right? You know, obviously those titles have importance when it comes to the way that you're being paid, the level of experience that you have. Um, one of the beauties of being able to be on a show like Empire that ran for six seasons was that we were able to grow up and rise in the ranks on that show and evolve, you know, in terms of our skill sets as producers and writers. So we started off, you know, being staff writers, then you know being um, story editors and executive story editors, which just means that you get to help out a little bit more, more in terms more responsibility. of the, more responsibility, you know, and it depends on what the show is, you know, for us, responsibilities included music. music. <laughs> we were basically like junior music supervisors working 
as the working to interpret the stories that were being told in the room and convey them to the writers and producers in the in on the music side of Fox so that they can understand how we're collaborating to tell the story of the characters through the original music that was being made. Yeah. Or we were also liaisons with the casting department. So when it came to, you know, giving, you know, uh, um, um, what, do you, what, do, what is it that they read when they, when they audition? I'm having a blank moment. Besides, oh, when, it comes to, when it comes to writing size and giving little small character descriptions to be sent out, you know, we would, you know, type those things up and kind of, you know, coordinate and um, um, communicate with our casting yeah, department. Like, so, yeah, just, and this is any advice that I would give um, um, everyone in Hue who, like, has aspirations to become a writer. Never operate from the place of the level that you're at, right? Because me and Nika never did. And I think that has a lot to do with why we were able to stay on the show and grow and kind of rise up in the ranks is that we were always operating because you know if there was a first season where i was just like oh okay i'm good we're staff finally i just want to be staff for the rest of my life i'm good and then there was a season where we were on the show where i realized very quickly um okay i didn't want to do this but i have to we have to create and run our own show because i there's some that ways part. that i like working there's some ways that i don't like working so yeah. we knew from, from there we were like okay and we operated from a place that we're going to one day run our own show. So this is this is what we're going to do yeah. because we want to be able to have a hands-on experience and be able to share that, you know what I'm saying, as what it's, we want to be able to treat people how we want to be treated, treated. Yeah. when we are in the position of leadership. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so awesome. Do y'all have representation? Yes. 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 Representation is important, especially when you get to a certain level um and we, it's, it's we, a bit of a catch-22 we, catch we have yeah it, it is catch-22 we have agents uh, we have an agent a manager and a lawyer um we, we have no let me be clear shout out to our reps we have an agent a manager and lawyers, lawyers to be clear Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and y'all y'all are represented by the same but like y'all are package deal under like the same folks yes yes yes, yes. Yeah. so be to be clear, we're a team, we're a writing team. We do write individually, um, but we work together as a team. Got so it. our reps okay. represent both of us as a package together, mm -hmm. um, which is also a nice, you know, sometimes it's a nice way to kind of get your first app position, you know, for writers who may find themselves having a difficult time breaking in and getting that first app position, partner with another writer, you know what I mean? Um, um, just so that you can kind of, you know, make headway in that arena. And then you can also eventually, you know, split up and do, you know, do your individual thing. But um, yeah, um, you know, it's and and you don't necessarily need, you know, a lawyer, you know, or a manager, you know, when you first become staff, you know, they take a percentage of your income, just to be clear, for those who don't know. Um, but it is um and and if you get staff and you don't have an agent. An agent will find you. Yeah. Trust and believe. They're yeah. always getting notifications of who's being staffed and who's looking for reps, and always on 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 the um, you know looking for new clients. You know what I'm saying to kind of you know drum up some business for themselves. So it's interesting because so they'll tell you they the business itself will essentially say that in order to get a staff job you need an agent, um, and then you know. It's, but you can't get an agent if you don't have a job. You can't get an agent if you don't have so a job. So it goes it kinda, back and forth. It's, it's, it's a little, yeah. It's it's a, which why it makes it a little bit 
but that is not the case. That is not the case with you work on a show. Like say, if you're working on a show as a writer's assistant, a writer's PA, yeah. a script coordinator, you probably will get promoted to be a staff writer, and you, thus you've done so without having an agent. So yes. there's ways to kind of um, uh, navigate the navigate system a little, system bit. A little yeah. bit. There's yeah. loopholes. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, you know, it, it, it's it's when you get your next job that you 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 want an agent. But you know, like. A manager is just as good as having an agent because they have the relationships as well that can get you in the door. The, the agent initially, as you're starting out, is negotiating your deal. But as you rise in the ranks, probably around um, executive story, story editor, editor level, you want to get a lawyer. Story editor. Story, well, hold on. Story editor executive level. Story editor. Executive story editor. Story editor level. I'll say executive story editor. You want to get a manager. And executive story editor, for sure, you want to get a lawyer because when you first get staffed, um, depending on what platform or network you're dealing with, you usually are going to sign into a three-year contract. So that's why we're saying staff writer, story editor, executive story editor. By the time you're hitting the end of your three-year contract, you want to have a lawyer to negotiate your next contract and your lawyer, like your, your agent will do the standard negotiation for the first time. The lawyer is who's going to get you your money. So just to be very clear, you want to get a lawyer <laughs> at that point. So you can get the money that you want, need and deserve. Um, um, and, and, you know, just to kind of differentiate in terms of how, you know, your representation works for us in particular, like our agent, I think he was, he was, he was coming up, you know, yeah. when we first, you know, connected with him mm -hmm. and it was before we were staff, you know, like he um, was coming up and just becoming an agent um, over at ICM, which essentially doesn't exist anymore, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and he helped navigate us, you know, in those early stages, our manager came along some years, you know, like a year, I think into our, our staff position mm -hmm. at Empire. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, your agent is going to, you know, like set you up, look out for you. You know, your manager is like your therapist. <laughs> your manager is going to be on the phone with you when you're crying, when you're, you know what I'm saying, complaining, when you're like, hell yeah, I killed that. You know what I mean? Like when you're you just all the all the ebbs and flows and ups and downs, they're going to be your therapist. And your lawyers, your lawyers are like going to be, you know, um, Basically, Teflon. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. When it comes to they're gonna when it comes the, to you, they're gonna be the ones. That they're gonna be your you. protectors. You know what I'm saying? Like, like no matter what, no matter what, they're gonna be the ones who's like, excuse me, oh, oh, do we need to promote them? Oh, they're worth this much. So what you, you know what I mean? They're gonna be the ones that are gonna go hard for you when it comes to dealing hard with business affairs. Pain. Yes, and you want some tough, hard ass lawyers. Just FYI. <laughs> I love that. Well, so, okay, y'all just gave a good, and I was going there too. It's like y'all was reading my brain because I was going to be like, well, what's everybody's job and responsibility and why do you need them? So that's great. And at what point do you need them? So y'all answered all the questions that I did not ask. Uh, what about for people that, I know so many people that are transitioning, want to transition to scripted, like they're established, they're doing well, but they want to leave commercial or unscripted and get into scripted and people who are recent grads are in college and they want to enter and they have no experience. So I heard you say some of the things you could do is be like a writer's assistant. Um, so how, how do you, how do you get in these rooms? How do you even get into like these entry level positions? Okay. So I just want to say 
I started off as a writer's assistant, so that's how I got into a room. But I know that writer's assistant gigs are few and far between, especially now that we're working di- um, remotely. remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, right? So I always tell people to look at, you know, like, yes, yeah, shoot for those jobs, but look at uh, other unconventional ways to kind of get on. Um, some people take jobs as um, office PAs so that they can get close to the writers and then get into the writer's room and, you know what I'm saying, work their way up that way. Um, when we were on Empire, the most beautiful thing about um, Empire, the first season, was that a lot of the writers on the show did not come from TV. A lot of the writers on the show were um, screenwriters. They worked in film. They worked in music videos. They were music video directors. They worked at the Source magazine. They were a magazine editor. You know what I mean? They were playwrights. So that, but their their work, their um, you know what I'm saying? Their their uh, stories, their pilots, their, their scripts, their backgrounds. Is that what, is what got them into the room on Empire and, and contributed to the freshness of the show. To be quite honest, like yeah. that first season was probably unlike any other conventional you know television season, and I think that's why it had such a huge impact at that time because. Yeah. You know, there's all these conventional rules of television, specifically for network television. And I think they just really broke all the rules because it was just a different type of room. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But you have, and, and, and yes, and you have Issa Rae, who came from doing her um, uh, web series, Awkward, Awkward, Black, Awkward Girl. Black Girl, mm-hmm. on the internet. You know what I'm saying? So I'm telling people now, there's no reason for you to not feel like you can't get your work. Don't look at trying to just get it into the studio. You need to be there. We have, right? We have so There's many, too many. We have, we have iPhones. There's no reason. Yes, we can literally put together a whole film on an iPhone. You know what I mean? There's too many direct connections to audience that we can build off of ourselves with various social media platforms to hold ourselves back and wait for somebody to tell you, you can't have this job. No, I'm going to get this job. That's what our mentality should be. Yeah. As opposed to waiting on somebody to open the door for you. Bust that, bust that thing open. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's always the, um, the networking, right? The friends, the, the, the friends, you know, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you, your Hugh network. It's all about, you know what I'm saying? Like, sharing opportunities and, and resources. And especially for people who are in non-scripted, we have a lot of friends. Like one of my um, friends and mentors came from um, directing a non-scripted series into, you know what I mean? So like, it is possible. It's not No, and then I, what I would say too, specifically for people who are working in unscripted and looking to transition, we actually have a girlfriend who is doing that right now, you know, and she's, she's working as, you know, in writer's assistant and script coordinator positions because she wants to, you know, transition into scripted. Here's the beauty. The beauty is there are a lot of people who are working at unscripted who are producers, who have producing experience. What's interesting because of the pandemic and because of the way the business and the way, you know, um, some of these, you know, corporate entities are just trying to save money in every single possible way, unfortunately. Um, there are a lot of creatives, there are a lot of writers who are out there coming up right now who have no producing experience because of COVID and the limitations of who's allowed to be on set. The beauty is, and, and here it's a there's there's a good part and a bad side. The sad side of it is that we're not able to kind of raise this next you know generation of writers in the producing to the producing level that we need them to be at because they don't have the opportunities. They're not having the experience that they need. 
the beauty for people who have been working at Unscripted and have been producing for a while is that they can literally come into this world and be able to jump right into that. You know what I mean? And not have to play catch up because they already have that experience. So mm -hmm. I actually think that there's a lot of opportunity for people who are storytellers who've been serving, you know what I'm saying, and Unscripted to be able to transition into scripted and be, you know, in an advanced position because of the fact that they already know how to produce. I was going to say, yeah, especially because of your skill set, right? Yeah. That you already have being out Which in the Which is really, it's and, really needed right now. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's, there's a, a, a there's going to be a kink in the pipeline really soon in terms of like, you know, being able to have people, you know, who are in your rooms be able to go out and, and work, you know, with this, you know, high, you know, quality talent, you know what I mean? Who are used to like just being able to move, you know? So I think there is going to be a lot of opportunity and I hope people are able to like kind of just jump into it with that expectation. Yeah. Do you think college is necessary for if you want to, if you want to be a writer? No, not at all. No, and I oh man, college I, isn't necessary if you want to be in this business. Honestly, it isn't. It really isn't. You know what I'm saying? There are a lot of Fortune 500 CEOs who have high school who may not even have diplomas. Honestly, um, and that's not a knock on the educational system. I do think it's important. You know what I'm saying? The basic fundamentals of reading and writing you need to be able to do and have an understanding. We're paying, I, we're paying to learn how to be adults, basically. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, yeah. But I, but I will say, you know, particularly when it comes to storytelling, no, you know what you need to be able to work in this business in this mm -hmm. way? You need to have lived life and be able to tell stories. You also need to honestly be, you know, somewhat of an empath, be able to put yourselves in other people's shoes to be able to bring these characters who may or may not have lived your experience or have some experience to be able to bring them to life. You got to be a little bit of an empath. So I don't, I don't think it's necessary. I think it um, is helpful. I think it's very useful. You know what I'm saying? But I don't, I don't think it's like the end all be all, you know, in terms of like whether or not you're going to be a successful writer and producer. And I say that knowing too many successful writer writers and producers who are out here killing the game and have not nan college degree. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, I, <laughs> how much time do y'all spend a week show running? Like, is it, I hear like, it is the most like heavy lift of a job ever. Would you say, is it like 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week? So, so to be clear, we're not currently show running. We are on the cusp. We are literally like right there, you know, knock on wood, get our next show going. <laughs> <laughs> very very soon but it's a lot um you know and it's, it's like it's, really? it's probably non-stop honestly yeah because, i mean there's especially a, when you're in production there's a lot that it entails it's not a one-person job to be quite honest you know what i'm saying there are people who are <clears throat> you know showrunners but again like we said this business is a complete collaboration it's just not a one-person job you know like as a showrunner you're somebody who has to run the room so you have to get the stories together but then you also have to produce and be on set and make sure your actors are good you know you also have to be on the meetings. phone and in meetings you're dealing with produce you're dealing with your producers on your production team so dealing with your your producing director dealing with your line producer dealing with your upm you're also dealing with the studio executives then you're dealing with the network executives you're dealing with editing and post it's a, it's a job that entails a lot and you're responsible for the livelihoods of, you know, 150 to 200, you know, people in addition to having a family and raising your kids, you know what I'm saying? You know, and, and dealing with your spouse. So 
it's a lot, you know, but I think that it's important to like understand, especially if you're going to get into this business to take on that role, understand it's not for the faint of heart. Um, also understand the importance of time management and compartmentalization, you know, to me, another thing that I have learned, you know, um, um, on our last show that we worked on, um, on Bel Air, you know, we had uh, these showrunners, um, TJ and Rashid, who I really, I really admire, um, Rashid in particular, because he actually really inspired me to like, we go to work from this hour to this hour, and then I'm going home to my ch- children. <laughs> I'm not boundaries. Thinking, boundaries. You have to be able to instill boundaries and understand that, like, these TV shows, as beautiful and incredible and as fun and as joyous as they are, and as blessed as we are to be able to be making them, they are not the end all and be all when it comes to your entire life. So I, I, I say all that to say, I think it is something that takes up a lot, but I think it's really important to be able to structure out your day in a way that you have time for everything else in your life in addition to running a show. You guys have a bunch of stuff in development. Is there anything you can talk about? Oh, we can't talk about None any of it. We can't talk about it yet because it hasn't been announced yet. It hasn't been announced yet, but there are a lot of things in the pipeline. And here's what I'll say, what I'll say just about us and our trajectory this year. You know, we took we we took a bet on ourselves this year in particularly um, because I think we have been wanting to, you know, be in a leadership position for a very long time. Like Chica said, like we were in the middle of working on Empire. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to run our own show. Um, it became crystal clear. Um you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's important to be able to pay your bills. And we have been working consistently since we've been on Empire. We went from Empire to True Story to Gossip Girl to Bel Air. And we made, you know, um, uh, intentional decision to bet on ourselves this year so that we could move into that next level. And I say that, again, it's not something that's easy to do. Um, I just bought a house. She just had a baby. It's not easy to do. But when you're clear on your, like I said, Charles inspired us by being clear on what his vision is for his show. When you're clear on what your vision is for your life, I'm clear that we are moving into that next phase of our career and being able to run a show and be able to, you know, bring up people, you know, in the ways in which we want it to be brought up as writers, then you just have to, you have to take that leap and do, and, and, and do that, you know? So, so this is a time that y'all are planting seeds and nurturing those seeds. And then hopefully Hopefully soon we're gonna see the harvest. Yes, yes, very soon. I can't wait. I can't wait to share it with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I do have, I do have a a one specific question about your process, though. What is y'all's process in terms of how you get a final product, like from idea conception to final product? Do y'all do outlines? Do y'all flesh out characters? You know what? Our process is kind of like all over the place, chaotic, because we're intuitive writers, right? There are days when I will come over, we'll, I, we'll, we get together, and it may be days before we actually do anything with regards to what it is that we're doing. We're watching TV. We're just kind of like talking about things that's going on, you know, whatever. But it's all a part of our process. We just recently learned to accept this because we were like, we used, we're to our, we used to beat ourselves up about it, you know? you know, I'm procrastinating. And it's like, no, we're taking, we're digesting a lot of information and things that are going on energetically 
um, in our spaces, personally, in the world, you know what I'm saying, on a day-to-day basis, it all contributes and plays a role into what it is that we're trying to say and the characters that we're trying to build, you know? As far as the specific process coming together, once we have an an idea together, whether it's based on IP or original idea, we like to basically determine why it is that we want to tell this story and why now, why it's important into the world, what's going to make it stand out. Talk about the characters, you know, um, the lead character in particular, kind of give a little bit of a tease into like what the opening of a show looks like. And then tell you about, you know, what the pilot story is going to be and what the series looks like. Like, and I'm just saying, we put a pitch together in that way. Once the pitch is sold and we're sent off to write a pilot, we like to give them, you know, first a story area, which is part of the pitch, honestly, in terms of what the first episode looks like. Then put an outline together and then write the script. And then let them decide if we're going to move forward with more scripts or, you know, development green lights <laughs> or, are we, pilot. or if we're going to move on. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a long, it's a long, art, art, arduous process. But, you know, it's worth it at the end of the day. You know, I, I don't for see us, for us anything else. I, I was going to say, for us, it's always worth it at the end of the day because we're writing what we want to write. Yeah. We're writing what we want to see on yeah. television. It's yeah. our baby. Yeah. And there's not a script that we have written that we are like ashamed of no and here's the thing we're we're very we're very um uh particular when it comes to my name is on this my name is on yeah which is which is very important we just can't put our name on anything or just turn in anything with our name on it but what i will say is um it's it's always and, and the stakes are always high um you know we're like like erica body said we're artists and we're sensitive about our shit and the main thing that we're trying to do is see it come to life so that other people can enjoy it, right? Um, So the stakes are high in that sense, but I will say, I think one of the the goals, you know, even for myself right now, and I hope to, you know, you know, encourage other creatives in this way is to like, have fun and have joy in the process of creating. Like that's ultimately what we want to do the whole time. Like she just said, we just have fun because it's what we love to do and we don't see ourselves doing anything else. So like, if you can just keep that, joy resonating in the process of writing your scripts whether they get made or not to me that's the most important thing as opposed to anything else yeah what's a master manifester a master manifester is someone who is in total control of their destiny (laughs) yeah and well cognizant to me of you know what they're able to what they're able to create you know um through manifestation and i say that what we realized our our own experience and i can give you like a a couple of examples in our lives and we're very crystal clear that's why we are very cognizant about everything that we say because you know we learn you know how powerful powerful our words are are years ago i always tell people the tongue is very powerful when we moved out to la in 2005 we told ourselves i remember standing in the room of my apartment in burbank saying that if we don't get staffed in 10 years We'll give ourselves 10, 10 years. years to get staff. We're not in somebody's writing room at the table in 10 years. Then we got to create a plan we B. We got to create a plan we B. We don't have one. We didn't have a plan B. We just knew that we would go home and figure something out, right? Almost 10 years to the day, we were staffed on Empire together. And I just remember thinking, man, if I knew okay. my team was this powerful, I would have said two years instead, mm-hmm. you know? Right? No, seriously, like, um, I was on we were reading pilots and I read the pilot of this um, 
a script called The Revenge of Emily Thorne, which eventually became the TV show Revenge. And I remember reading it and telling my sister, oh my God, I have got to work for this guy who wrote this script. Mm -hmm. He is brilliant. I need to work for Mike Kelly because he. I, I need to learn from him. And, you know, uh, weeks later, I get staffed as a writer's assistant yeah. on this show. And she did and the same eventually thing. Eventually, she became a writer on Revenge. Even like we said earlier, just when it comes to, like, the seeds that were being planted, the fact that um, we read about Yvette. You know, I read about Yvette when I was 13. I interviewed her on the phone and started working for her when I was 23. I got staffed on Empire at 33, you know. Um Working at Empire, you know, you know, compared to like when we visited the set of Dawson's Creek, Dawson's Creek was a show that shot in Wilmington, North Carolina, and the writers were based in L.A. Empire was a show that shot in Chicago and the writers were based in L.A. Just just not even realizing that like the things that we declared that we wanted to do and having absolutely no clue about how we we're going to get there. I always knew that I wanted to write in TV, had no clue. Had, we were from we're little girl, military brats from Florida have no connection to anybody in Los Angeles. And yet somehow we've become co-executive producers on a number of hit shows that have had an impact with audiences across the world. It's like, it's, it's a blessing. It's completely ordained by God. You know what I'm saying? And we're just grateful to be able to realize the power in declaring a vision and just surrendering to the path that we're supposed to be taking, taking. to get there. Yeah. Let's talk. Finally, about your book. Tell me about the book. Yeah. Living Double, How Two Twin Sisters Made It in Hollywood. <laughs> no, it's, um. I'll tell you about the book. You know, honestly, like when we were first approached about writing uh, Living Double, um, there was a resistance to it because I was like, what do we have to say? We're not where we want to be just yet. And I always tell people this it's important because your journey, you know what I'm saying? Like at every, every stage of your journey, I think it's impactful in other people's lives. And, you know, we had a friend, you know, our publisher, you know, uh, Carolyn, who told us how powerful our story is. The fact that we were obsessed with TV as little kids in Germany and just decided that we wanted to do it. And somehow we made it out here. One of the biggest shows, you know, in the world, I was like, Oh yeah. You know, it is like a big deal when you take a yeah. kind of like a 30,000 yeah. foot perspective on it. It's like, Oh, this is a big deal. And look at how it can help other people who are just like us sitting at home watching TV, having no clue. How can I get involved in something like that? So I think that was the biggest like, you know, impetus for us to even write yeah. it was just other little girls and young people who are like us who want to get involved with this business. So to, 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 to see that um, even if you don't have access, um, it, you get to create it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, the title itself was actually inspired by Yvette and Living Single. Um, Living Single literally is a TV show that made us think that, and, and, and know that this is something that was possible for us. And just... It's a it's a play on you know living single. We're living double because of the fact that we're twins coming up together in this business. So yeah. <laughs> so yes, you can get the book um, for those it's, who want to know. A, it's a, it's it's half memoir, half how to, right? Yeah, yeah half memoir, half how how to. Just in terms of like what the experience is like, you know, somebody who wants to work in this business or has any big lofty dreams, dreams. or goals. Yeah, not just and working in TV. I think it's for anybody. And again, because our our goal was to kind of um uh like 
diminish the wall that is put up the barrier whatever it that's put up that makes people believe that they may have dreams and that for whatever reason they can't achieve them because they don't know the right person or, or the steps that they need to take it's like you don't have to don't have know to, the you steps you don't have to know the end just be just clear know, just, on you, how to get there on you, you don't have, have to know how to get there, there. Just, just clear on the end what the end is yes. what the end goal is exactly so, exactly yeah. exactly but you can get the book on it's on amazon but you can also get it at livingdoublebook.com and where can people find y'all they want to follow y'all and follow your journey they can find me on Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram, but I have we have Twitter. We have we Facebook, have all the, we have socials, all the socials, but you can find us mostly on Instagram. But our our Twitters and Instagram are the same. There are names: Jashika James and Janika James. So you can find us at Janika James and at Jashika James. Are y'all not on TikTok? No, girl. No. I think I have. I think I have a TikTok. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I resist TikTok. It's like information overload like i'm just like oh my gosh there's so and i and i get it your brain is like you i know get what like, look i get all the videos i just don't know how to make make any of them but i look i people send me the i, I see the videos on, <laughs> on, on the world wide web i'm still back there <laughs> it's, it brings so much joy i know that much because i we get little messages all day every day yeah <laughs> I am obsessed with TikTok. Like, I love TikTok. All right, y'all. Is there anything else y'all want to share that we didn't cover that you want people to know? Check out. Check out your story if you haven't already. Check out Bel Air. Um, check out Gossip Girl, too. Check out Gossip At Girl. At some point, season oh, two yeah, will season be coming out. HBO coming Max. Out. Yeah. Even in the midst of all the HBO Max craziness, at some point, season two will be coming out. So. <laughs> And um, really, just please uh, pursue your dreams uh, relentlessly, without hesitation, um, yeah. without knowing the steps needed to get there. I think that's a huge part of our success. Um, call out what it is that you want. There's so many examples, even on Twitter, about people saying how they're going to win Grammys and win Oscars. What you know what I mean? Like, just call out your dreams and just trust that you're gonna you're gonna be able to get there without knowing how but just trust that mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing i want people to know because mm -hmm. we are prime examples of um two girls who just had a dream of working in tv a passion and love of it and we had a dream didn't know how we were going to do it and um we just said what we wanted and yeah and through hard work and and um yeah and, and and feel the fear and do it anyways that's that'll be our my final thing feel the fear and do it anyways fear is something that's always going to be there we talk about this in our book and you know we change it to an acronym it's fun and exciting when achievement becomes reality like fear is something that's always going to be there you're always going to have to push past it and fake it till you make it beyonce is has fear when she gets on stage no matter how many times she does it you know what i'm saying so just keep that in the back of your mind don't let it be something that impedes you from pursuing and actualizing your own dreams yeah all righty y'all y'all heard them follow them check them out get the book and thank you again and i will talk to y'all later